Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. All right, it's Friday night, Gridiron Grinder time. I'm Ryan, with me as always is my buddy James. Just a couple of dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. Uh, this is Super Wild Card Weekend. Oh yeah, another one right here, ready for us. You know, I don't know, what is this, three, four years now they've been doing the Super Wild Card thing, James? I think it's three. Three? Yeah, but yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember our first year we did it. Did they? Was there a Super Wild Card weekend the first year? I don't think there was. No, because we were on the 16 game schedule when we did our first year. So yeah, this has got to be the third one, right? It, it lined yeah. up with that when they added the 17th game. I'm I'm trying to look it up real, real quick. Or maybe I got it wrong. Here we go. Right off the bat, I'm I'm getting us choked up on, on something, but. While you're looking it up, I'll just let everybody know for tonight, uh, it's episode 174. We are going to be kicking it off with Name That Stadium. Then we're going to do our recap of the past week. After that, we are going to uh, do a recap of our regular season game picks. Then we're going to uh, sort of rewind all the way to our preseason predictions and just kind of like talk about where we were right, where we were wrong, you know, what things changed with some of the teams and why they were so far off from some of our predictions. Uh, then we're going to talk about our playoff bet, if you dare to take me on it, James. I know that I've got a nice little streak here on the regular season, but uh, after that, we'll give you guys our game picks for Super Wild Card Weekend, and then we'll do our question of the week. So kind of a lot there for tonight, but... Um, you know, I'm sure we'll probably, you know, skimp it a little bit on the news and some of these things just to keep it moving along. So, yeah. Sorry, I distracted trying to find this shit and it doesn't. Having a hard time finding the exact year. Yeah, I, it's like, I know it's like the only thing I can find is as of 2020, the four division winners, one through four, if teams are tied, blah, blah, blah. Post blah, blah. 2021 was the okay. first year. There so we go. 21, Yeah, so 2021 season. So 21, 22, and 23. So this is the okay. third year. Okay, gotcha. All right. Yeah, that, that that's all good, man. Uh, sweet. Well, hey, James, when you're ready, man, why don't you do some Name That Stadium for us, bud? All right. And I completely forgot where I was last week already. Um, yeah. Yes. I, James is traveling the country. Nobody gives a shit, but we're doing it anyhow. Blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Nobody blah. gives a shit. Um, <laughs> I think I was in Miami last week. But anyways, part of show, traveling country. Going, going to different stadiums, host NFL games. Um, if you first person guess right, you get an extra special shout out. Nobody fucking guesses anyway, so I don't even know why I go through this shit. Um, uh, <laughs> it's been a while, that's for sure. Yeah. Let's and <sighs> last week I was... Uh, I'm trying to look at our video, but I'm only getting a sliver. I would bet yeah, it's Miami. I, I would bet it's Miami. Yep, it was Miami. Okay. I, 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 I had to go back go back and look at the video, and it was Miami. Um, you know, it, it was like – it was a Sunday night game. It was probably 
one of the few games where you win in your end, you lose, well, you you win and it does really something. Like both teams were in the playoffs, but like it really mattered for who you were playing in the first round, as we talked about last week. It was between playing, basically between playing Pittsburgh and or Kansas City, playing at home or at Kansas City. Turns out for um, Miami, playing at Kansas City is going to be a really big detriment this this week because of the fact that it's supposed to be like the fourth coldest playoff game ever. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, so, I mean, that sucks for them, but it's kind of, kind of the breaks. You should have been able to take care of Buffalo. I know, dude. They shit the bed there, man. You know, it, it was kind of like just going into the end of the season, they had such control over their own destiny, mm-hmm. and they just let it slip away. And then even that last game, man, it was like um, that last game, uh, that was in Miami, right? Yeah, that was at home, too. So yeah, that's there's the thing. no fucking just, excuse. Yeah, they, they just messed it up good there, but... Uh, I mean, Buffalo was desperate. Well, actually, no, because Buffalo ended up making it in regardless yeah, Buffalo, of that. Buffalo, both of them were in basically regardless. I couldn't yeah. find, I couldn't find a scenario where, <coughs> excuse me, the loser um, didn't make it. I, I think Buffalo had possibly clinched the week before. Yeah, yeah, because I think it was the week before Buffalo was on the outside looking in. Yeah, and then and then the way that the AFC shook out. They ended up like being secured either way, so it wasn't as um, uh, drastic, but it you know still for the seeding definitely a big deal, man. Yeah, because I think I remember even even talking about like it's you know it doesn't the game doesn't mean anything for the play, playoffs. Both teams are in, and it's just a matter of who wins the divi- the division. Yeah. And basically who wants to avoid playing Miami? And I wanted the scenario. The scenario I wanted was um, Miami playing at Kansas City. Like, so you I mean, got it. Yeah. Because, you know, the league robbed us. So the league robbed us, first off, by putting the Kansas City-Miami game in um, uh, Miami at Kansas City. Tyreek Hill returned oh, yeah. to Kansas City in, in fucking Germany. <laughs> now the NFL robs us this weekend by putting that fucking game on Peacock. It's like, seriously, uh, what the fuck? That's the Peacock game? I mean, I have yeah. Peacock, but still, it just... Um, I don't know if I told you about the Peacock thing where... So right now I get it for free because I'm an Xfinity subscriber. Uh-huh. But they sent me an email, and this was like two, three months ago. They sent me an email saying that in like June 2025, uh, it'll it'll start charging me automatically like 4.99 a month or something. And I was like, what the fuck? It's so far away that they're sending mm-hmm. the notice out. It's like obviously nobody's gonna remember that, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden in June 2025, people are just gonna start getting billed for it, and it's gonna it's gonna be so small in comparison to the rest of their cable bill that they're not gonna even pay attention to it. But uh, I was yeah, like, oh, these gonna, sneaky bastards, man. Just gonna assume the cable bill went up. Yeah, yeah, these sneaky bastards. But uh, I mean, hey, I'll get to watch this one, and then yeah, you know, they're just hosing us on the streaming, dude, because. They've already set the stage for YouTube 
to get one of theirs next year or even the year after, however it's going to work out. And so yeah, but YouTube doesn't have a fucking TV station. Oh like, yeah, they do now. They do now. Oh, shit. Or, or or it's like a paid. I, I don't know if it's like TV per se, but it's they have a, a YouTube has uh, paid options, man. Yeah, but but I mean they have, but it's it's live TV. So like YouTube relies on like the broadcast from a different company that they they buy and charge for. So I don't know. Like oh, I, for Peacock, I yeah, no, I think Peacock, they're setting the stage to do it, dude. I mean, they could be like, I mean. Look at fucking what like doesn't like Disney Plus does fucking um, live sports now or one of those shit one of those shows like I would bet you know because they own ESPN and they had yeah. to do it oh no it was it was it was Max Max does uh does live sports okay which is uh HBO and Discovery yeah yeah the damn fucking streaming game dude just hosing us all. So, yeah, uh, you know, and there was a minute there where some of them, they would come out like individual channels would create a streaming service. Yeah. And then like a couple months later, they would cancel it because they couldn't get enough subscribers right off the bat. And I thought, mm -hmm. oh, man, maybe it'll come back where there's only going to be a couple of them. No, like everybody and their mom has a fucking streaming service now. Yeah. Speaking of streaming, it was an exciting week in my house as new episodes of Bluey came out today. Yay! Um, so so we got got a little bit of a refresh on what the kids watch, which was so exciting because I was some new material. Because it's new material, and I can I I'm starting to enjoy the show to be honest with you. But that's that's a, that's yeah. another story. It's just like I was so it was so happy that we got. We got some new content because I was getting sick of like the same old stuff, and it it was like it would seem like I would always <laughs> be in the room on the same episodes. It wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't change. It it always be like like I'm not even gonna go into it because I, but it, it'd always be like the same like six episodes where I was in the room because like when I'd leave the room, like you know, like the wife will will have it on in the background while they're playing and it's going and then like I'll come back and I'll I'll go back downstairs and then it's like oh I just saw this episode yesterday and then I'll go somewhere else go do something else go to work come downstairs oh it's this episode or in the morning time we'll turn it on turn it on while they're playing and it's like oh it's this episode it's like why is it always the same fucking episodes I'm seeing oh yeah they the kids they like repetition man and yeah around christmas time we probably watched Veranda Santa 20 times. And, yeah. You know, it's all right. I like Bluey, dude. It, you know, like part of it is um, I heard that some of it is intended for uh, the adults to be watching, too, because mm -hmm. like the writers are trying to like give the message to the parents of, hey, you know, here's what you should be doing as a parent. You know, like when the kids want to play you should be playing with them. And when the mm -hmm. kids do this, you should be handling it like this and whatever. And so, so I kind of thought that was interesting when I heard about that. Cause yeah, I think it's a, a pretty good show overall. And I like the creativity behind it. Yeah. Uh, well, like a couple, like one of the new, new, uh, we're here to talk about football. Right? <laughs> yeah. There, there's no football in bluey. <laughs> uh, Although they do have a rugby episode. They do have, they have two, they have a rugby episode, and they now have a, a cricket episode. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, with, I'll have to uh, check that one out. With, uh, what's it? Ranger. Gotcha. 
no nobody can strike none of the none of the parents can strike Ranger out. Ah, all right. Hmm, interesting. So it's just, it's one of the new. I think it was like eight or ten episodes that that they re, they released today. <laughs> all right, back to football. Let's back uh, to football. Let's get off the bluey and let's get on to our recap of the past week. And so, James, uh, the bulk of what I have here is just a recap of the coaching changes. And so, last week was the yeah, big I've week lost for track that. Of them, so, yeah. So we have uh, eight total teams that had openings. Mm-hmm. One of them's already been filled, but uh, I'll just go go through them here. So we already knew Frank Reich was out of Carolina. Brandon Staley was out with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, McDaniels was out in Vegas. The new ones, Arthur Smith, fired by Atlanta. I missed Ron that. Rivera, yep, Ron Rivera, fired by Washington. Not Pete Carroll, uh, I don't know if he was fired or – I think they're saying it was mutual because they're moving him to the front office. But either way, he's no longer the head coach of the Seahawks. Oh, it wasn't mutual. The quote well, I, I know he made from, a comment about wanting to come back, and then they the were like, "Quote from Pete him to the front office was was wasn't football people who decided his fate." Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, then you got Vrabel. He was fired by Tennessee. That was just ridiculous, in my opinion. And then you got Belichick with the Patriots. He was uh, fired as well. Uh, that one I also thought was a little bit bullshit. I thought they could have done a better job messaging that uh but it is what it is you know uh belichick obviously you know crazy crazy awesome 24 year run Mm. in new england um and you know when when he when it was announced i was reading an article that i forgot they made the playoffs with mac jones in his rookie year and i thought about that too yeah, and it just made me think, wow, what the hell went wrong with Mac Jones? Because Well, the- he had a freaking ridiculous rookie year, so that doesn't surprise me. I forgot they made the playoffs. But like he looked he was he looked phenomenal in his rookie year. Like ridiculous. That, that's what I mean. Like how come he never got back to that or better? Like he just has only gone the wrong way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Because I remember last year we thought, okay, you know, year two regression because maybe teams are, you know, they got all the tape on him now and, you know, it's just harder for him. Some players, they they excel. Some players, they get that sophomore slump. And then I I thought at least for this year, I was like, okay, he's going to break out of the slump and they'll be back into the playoffs. And no, couldn't be farther from the truth. He, He was so much worse than he was last year. And and then that was even worse than his rookie year. It's like, wow, what the hell happened to the guy, man? I I don't fucking know. Like, yeah. But so yeah. Anyhow, so with the Patriots, uh, Gerard Mayo, their uh, uh, I don't know, he was a, a linebackers coach. I don't know if he was calling the defense or whatever. You know, the way they always do it with Belichick is kind of convoluted. But uh, he's the head coach for next year now. Uh, or well, starting now, obviously, and um, big shoes to fill. But you know, he was a Patriots player, and mm-hmm. they like him. Uh, I thought that they would k- at least do the interview with Vrabel, but um, that's okay. I don't like 
the Patriots for Vrabel anyhow. I want to see him go somewhere that they either have a quarterback or even like Washington where they've got the number two pick and he can get his quarterback. Because like even, even like Washington has pieces on defense that Vrabel can work with. But clearly, his downfall in Tennessee these last couple of years was the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you know, I thought like it felt to me like um, that was going to be the move when Ramble was let go and everything. But yeah, and and let me ask you this: so um, not to keep going down the tangents here, but at least this one's football related is um, with the Patriots because they waited, you know, three, whatever days, you know, they had the original meeting on Monday uh, and the whole thing kind of drug on, you know, into the week. Do you think that Kraft was trying to pull off a coach trade and it just nothing came up? So he ended up just letting him go. You know, my gut's telling me that it was it was there was something going on and it just they didn't have any takers or if they had takers it wasn't um, you know maybe Belichick was going to squash it or whatever but um, I don't know dude Kraft just seems like that kind of piece of shit to me where he would have tried to get something out of it if he was just going to fire him. So the thing with with firing, and I mentioned this to you, especially when they're under contract, it's yeah. actually it's actually better to fire. Like so, if you if it's mutual, then you're going to negotiate the 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 price yeah, settlement. So, so the team the team's going to negotiate it down for it to be mutual. And if it's if you fire them when they're under contract, they're still on the hook for that. And I don't know how it works with mutual and the potential to sign with another team. Yeah, it would depend on the clause, right? So, or the contract, because like some of the the players' clauses have that, um, I forget what they call it, but it's like offset language where, you know, the player's released, but then they sign with another team, you know, the original team gets like a reduction because like now the new team's paying them and whatever. And so I don't yeah, know, there could for, be some of that I in the coach contract is like, it's basically if you, if you're, I, I honestly think it's if you're, if you're fired and you sign a, you don't, you sign immediately with another team or become a coach of another team that, that following year that voids the remainder of your contract that the te- previous team owes you. But it might not be like I, I don't know. I that's legal shit that. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, we're not NFL contract specialists. Yeah. We're just Ryan and James. So exactly. Um, all right. So aside from the coaching changes, James, a uh, couple pieces of news: uh, Puka Nakua with the Los Angeles Rams, rookie wide receiver, has set two new records for rookie wide receivers. Uh, He finished the season with 1,486 yards, and he finished the season with 105 receptions. Uh, Both came in that final game of the season. Um, You know, good for him. I think it was, um, 
you know, sort of like the perfect combination of circumstances. I think mm-hmm. he is like one of those rare talents that came out of nowhere and ended up being really good. And then also I think that uh, early in the season, Cooper Cup had some injury issues and it sort of forced Stafford to just fixate on him, right? Yeah. Because nobody else was stepping up. And uh, and then by the time Cooper Cup came back, it just made it even easier for Nakua to get those receptions because now the pressure was off as teams were maybe starting to hone in on him a little bit. Uh, and, and no matter what the circumstances were, <clears throat> phenomenal rookie season. And so good for him. Uh, but I am still hoping the Lions just totally push their shit in uh, on Sunday night. So, yeah, I'm hoping that too. Um, for for when it, I'll I'll save that for when we talk about the game picks because there's some concern com, concerning shit coming from uh, Detroit this year in the past game. Sure. But but that I'll I'll talk about that more when we talk about our our game picks because. Okay. I'm seeing seeing some shit in, in my notes that are that's not very good. Gotcha. Uh, well, so the last couple things I had, not exactly NFL related, but uh, University of Michigan won the college football playoff championship. Good for them. Them nice damn cheaters. Dead damn cheaters. Yeah. And hey, who knows? Harbaugh may be going to the NFL now. How, I don't know. How, how long? How long were they filming Washington Sideline? During the regular season, to <laughs> yeah, to get their get their signals. Do we? Yeah, do we have a picture I, of that dude at the game? The you I know, heard, the thing I heard about that was this was the most interesting thing since you brought it up. Um, last year, when Michigan played TCU in the college football playoffs, yeah. TCU heard a rumor that Michigan was scouting the play calls and the signals okay. from the sideline. So they put in, they still used those signals. But those were dummy signals and used real signals somewhere else. So, gotcha. so Michigan received those signals and line up for the play, and that's why they got their asses kicked last year in the college football playoffs. Uh, because they were they they were cocky and they didn't didn't adapt to the fact that wait a minute they're not running the plays. Yeah, these aren't what they. Signals. Yeah, these aren't right. Yeah. So I don't know, dude. Like there have been coaches that have come out and said, basically every college team is doing this. It's just Michigan was stupid enough to get caught. Yeah, fucking putting putting a Michigan coach on the sideline of Central know, Michigan man. with a Central yeah. Michigan hat on, like, like come on, like somebody's not gonna go through film and like see this guy at other Check games. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess maybe you're like, oh well, Central Michigan, like how much film are you gonna get where you could find him on the sideline? Well, hey, in today's day and age, yeah, it's out there. Uh, All right, so then other college football news. Nick Saban, six-time national championship winner at Alabama, he has retired. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, man, uh, I think good for him because Mm -hmm. going into that Michigan game, uh, he looked to me a little bit worn out, man. And I know it's it's the the timing was funny because, like, Pete Carroll made some comment about how he wasn't worn out and whatever, he had the energy to go again. Dude, when I saw Saban in that Michigan game, the dude just looked freaking burned out to me, man. Yeah. Well, see, and but the retirement is like the perfect Nick Saban retirement. Like it it completely flew under the radar. 
that he he you know like it was nobody even thought he was about to retire and then he announced his retirement it's like it was the perfect save in retirement you know not about me yeah not at all, not about me at all and i thought that was great didn't have his fair, the farewell tour and the other shit like coach k did or or fucking look at me i'm rec- coach k kind of was like what is coach coach k like 90 he was about time for him to retire <laughs> Yeah, some of these guys, man. Yeah, I know what you're saying though. They um, they want as much attention as they can get because it's like their their last little minute in the spotlight or whatever. And um, but yeah, no, I, I like that saving. It wasn't a huge overblown deal. Yeah, no, I I like that. And that and that that's Saban's style. Like, I mean, he's oh, he's Saban's only seventy two. That's, you I thought, know, I thought it's still he was, getting up there, man. It's, it's getting up there, but I thought he was older <clears throat> for some reason. Like, he looked, he he's, like, the last couple years, he looked like he aged, like, 20 years. I agree. That Yeah, that's what I was trying to say is that um, it just looked like all of a sudden it's getting hard on him, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So, James, any surprise games of the last week? Oh, uh, let me. I don't. I'm not remembering many. I mean, the only one that I, I could call out was the Giants getting that win over the Eagles. I thought you man, could call out. I know, think I, rem- I remember somebody saying that would happen. Um, is he here? <laughs> no, and, and that's that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, for me, it's it's a surprise because I just, um, you know, with how great the Eagles started the year, I thought. You know, they fell apart in the second half mm-hmm. and they needed a win to sort of give them some momentum going into the playoffs is what I thought. And, you know, I just I, I don't know. I didn't like that. They they couldn't get it done. But that's that's the NFL, man. Any given Sunday. It would help if I'm looking at the games for the right week um, to to see if there were any real surprise games. And looking at it, like the how I could say the score was a surprise. I would think it would have been a closer closer game. Um, how the Chiefs? It's, it's a lot of it's just the score, like the rant. Oh, mother yeah, because week eighteen so unpredictable. Motherfucking mother Rams. That that call did cost the Lions the number one seed. Yeah, I, well, yeah, but let's keep in mind that the the 49ers played Darnold because they had it locked up. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's right. That's right. I, I, I'm forgetting it. Like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, motherfuckers. Yeah, no, but I agree. And, and that's the challenge with Week 18, right, is that, you know, some teams have something to play for, some, some don't. And so some of the games are hard to say they're a surprise because there's, like, so many unusual circumstances going on in the background. Probably, and it's not a surprise, well, the surprise game, like, it's not a surprise really the team that won, but how the Buccaneers didn't score a touchdown over on on Carolina. Oh, gotcha, yeah, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> like, they won nine to nothing. Weak like, sauce. Yeah, and especially in a game that they needed to make the fucking playoffs to to barely show up for that game. And also yeah. the um, 
the other surprise is how how much what the fuck's his name the quarterback for the Chargers kind of dominated the Chiefs defense a little bit oh um sticks yeah east, Eric, east and east stick and, east and stick yeah um 258 yards passing and like 77 yards rushing yeah, well, I, you know, they did give Buffalo a run for their money too, right? So maybe there's a little more to it than, or or just teams are overlooking them, you know? Yeah, I it might be teams are just overlooking, looking them, but like, I don't know. It just those the the stats seem out of line for what yeah. I saw for with the Chargers with Easton Stick at quarterback. Like you remember, like. Like his first, like his first game, what was it four weeks ago, five weeks ago? Like there was, there was like twenty yards offense for the Chargers in the game. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's more par for the course with a backup, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't twenty yards, but it was fucking pathetic. It was, um, I think it was the Raiders game. Is this the Raiders or the Broncos? Might have been the Broncos. Eh, stat, uh, the, and the stats at the end of the day aren't that bad against the Broncos, but it, but still, it was it, it was a long time before he got any of those stats. Yeah, but it was the Broncos game. Okay. Or was it the Patriots game? No, dude. Herbert played against me. Figure it out, man. Figure it, was it the Broncos out. Game. It was the Broncos game. I figured <sighs> it out. <laughs> I'm just picking on you. I, I figured it out. It was the it was the Broncos game. So okay. I mean he came around, but still, like that that just even if it's backups for the Chiefs, way Easton Stick had been playing to fucking put up eighty yards rushing on even on backups is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot for a quarterback that is not known for his wheels. Yeah. All right, man. What else you what got else on the news? It? You got anything on or news? no? Uh, blah, blah, blah. No, I think that you hit all. I think you hit all that. All, all the big everything. Stuff. Yeah, all the big stuff. Nothing really. Like Washington got a G, got a new GM, some guy yeah. I never heard of. And yeah, that was about it. Okay. Well, let's shift gears here. And do our regular season picks recap, James. Oh, and man. so I know you're not digging it, but we got to do it. It's part okay. of the show. We make a bet every year. And so I'll just give you the down and the dirty. You, you finished the it's year. So bad. It's so bad you didn't even send it to me. That's how bad this is. <laughs> well, it was the last week. I figured, hey, do I need to send it? I don't know. I mean, we didn't. No, we didn't update any power rankings or anything, so you know, it just no, to me it was it was it was dead the water. But yeah, uh, no. So um, yeah, regular seasons in the books. Um, I would say that um, I think for you, you know, you had to start taking some shots at the end of the season, mm-hmm. but. Um, and I think maybe to start the year, you stumbled a little bit out of the gate and then it got a little bit better and then it kind of fell apart again. 
for me, I think it was fairly steady almost the whole year. I, you know, I like, I know last year we had that like first month slump and then we both got better. This year was a little different. And so you ended up finishing the year with 150 wins on the season, which was good for 55%. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you're playing from behind, I know you got to take some chance, chances, right? And so it's kind of, sometimes it's harder to, to make up the games. Uh, for me, I ended up finishing with 165 wins, which was good for 61%, uh, which also means I'm the big winner of our whiskey bet. If we're, you know, however yeah. we're going to do that, we'll figure that out offline. But um, I guess that's four in a row now for me in the regular yeah. season. So that's four in the row for the regular season and for the playoffs. I'm you got last year, so two and one. Yeah. So you gotta get some redemption, my man. Yeah, I, um, I do. I'm I'm throw I I told you a little bit before the show, I just threw my model out the window and I'm I'm going away from my model. Next year I'm just gonna do what you did before, man. From the hip, do what I did before because I mean it shooting from the hip I was in the sixty percent percent and I started the so, model yeah. and let me give you last year. And so last year was um not like a phenomenal year. I, I think it was the year before we did we did really good, but last year you were at 157, so seven better, which was good for fifty eight percent. I was at 170, so five better, which was good for 63. Um, and same kind of thing, you know, like at the end of the year, you were behind, so you had to start throwing darts, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it was the year before. I didn't I didn't pull that one up, but that, I think, was the year where we were both like mid-60s. We had a really solid year. So, But I did find an NFL article, uh, NFL.com article of um, – all of their analysts and what their records were for the year. Um, and so, you know, whoever all these, you know, all these names are, you got Allie, Brooke, Dan, Gennaro, Tom, whatever. Uh, these guys finished between 62 and 65%. And so a little better uh, than us. Um, you know, last year I was like right in that range the year mm -hmm. before we both probably would have been a little bit better than that. Um, but that's interesting, right? Because these are guys that are getting paid to do this yeah. and, you know, we're just hanging out on our couch. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to give us a little bit of credibility, James. We do know enough about what we're talking about for the average Joe. So, yeah, all I know is like my pick started to go downhill as soon as I had children. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think, a natural progression by man. Yeah, I, <laughs> I stopped having the time to really watch football. And this year, this year, like, it's the first year without Sunday tickets. So, like, I was watching the red zone. So I wasn't able to get really that much, except for when the Lions started being um, the, ga um, the game on tv out here like i wasn't able to really get a sense of much much of the flow of the game i was just seeing bits scores. and pieces yeah yeah scores highlights yeah um yeah that makes it tough for sure i know what you mean i i can tell you that it will get better 
you know, my kids are still young, but not as young as yours. And it seems like I do get a little bit more time maybe every year to watch some of the games because, you know, it's kind of like they, as they start to get their own personalities and do their own thing, mm-hmm. you know, you get a little bit more free time again to do your thing. Right. So, and it doesn't sure. always work that way because a lot of times weekends, family time, but, um, but yeah, there's, there's hope for you. Don't worry, my man, hang in there. Thanks. Uh, all right. So yeah, we got to get a playoff bet going, but let's, I guess, talk about that in a little bit. Bit. I don't know why I had in, in our notes that we do our preseason prediction recap first. So we do. And... Okay. Yeah. Do you have yours up? Do you want to run mine, it through? And I kind of have. I have mine up. Um. And I, I went through, and I, I will say, do you want to do it by division? Do you want to do it like what went good, and then what was like way the fuck off? Yeah. Let's do it by division, James. You know, and I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to find my notes here because I know we did like a super early and then we did the preseason and we're wanting to look at the preseason because we want to mm-hmm. see like basically our final predictions before the regular season started. So, yeah. um, so, so yeah. We'll, we'll start with the AFC East. Perfect. So. In the AFC East, I had Buffalo at eleven and six, right on the right on the money. Then I had Miami at nine and eight, eh, a little bit off. The Patriots at seven and ten, a little bit off. And this is the one that I'm so fucking proud of because of how much hype was going <laughs> into the season for the New York Jets. I had them going seven and ten this year. Ninja. Right on the fucking money. Did you predict the injury too? I did not predict the injury. <laughs> no. I just had I just had a like you know, like one of those one of those when when like everybody's hyped up about a team and they always yeah. like Flop. D- Detroit last year. Everyone was hyped up going into the season about them and oh, then they started me, my man. They started but, yeah. started off, started the season off a of one and six. So I just had had that sense. And like I went back to to like my kind of looking at my game picks. Yeah. It's way the fuck off. Like I had them starting own four. So I just thought their schedule was tough. And I thought Rogers was Rogers going to have some time or need some time to acclimate. Yeah. Cause I mean, after that I had them after starting own four, I mean, obviously I had them winning their seven games after that. So it, it obviously righted a little bit on them and then like at the, most of the games I had them winning were at the end of the season. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I'll give you mine real quick. So I had Buffalo Speaking of the Jets, I want to say something oh, about yeah, the yeah, Jets. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah. that it just occurred to me. Nathaniel Hackett basically admitted he did not know how to use Brees Hall. Did you hear his quote? No. His quote was more or less something along the lines of, I didn't know he could catch the ball like that. How the fuck do you have a player on your team yeah. at you, running back yeah. that you don't know could catch the ball? Haven't Are you, you having practice? Are you at practice? Are you paying <laughs> yeah. attention? Is your, yeah. head, is your head out of your ass? The only reason he has a job is because of fucking Aaron Rodgers? 
Yeah, okay. fucking Brees Hall is a phenomenal, rare, young rookie yeah. talent. Like, you should be giving him the ball every which way you can, man. He's not like a Nick Chubb. And even yeah. Nick Chubb can catch the ball. You just don't want to rely on it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, while you go through through yours, I'll find the exact quote. But it was bad. Sure. Like, like, seriously, like, did he just say that? Yeah, so for me, uh, I had Buffalo on top at 13-4. and four which a little bit steep for how they finished. Uh, I had them getting the number two seed, which is, that's what they ended up getting, right? So, yeah. So I got that right, I guess. Uh, but I had the Jets at 12 and five. I thought the Rodgers thing was going to work out. Him getting hurt, obviously, you know, if I could have gone back and like rewrote, I would have taken some games off because uh, I thought that, you know, the defense, we all knew the defense was really good. Uh, but it was all going to be dependent on that offense getting the Rodgers boost. And even then, with the way their offensive line played this year, maybe it would have been tough for Rodgers still. I don't know. It's hard to say. But uh, then third, I had Miami at 9-8, and eight, which you and I were in alignment there on them. Uh, and then at, at fourth, I had the Patriots at 8-9. and nine. And so, you know, that one was pretty far off. But we kind of talked about it early, you know, Mac Jones really just sunk that team. I mean, his pocket presence was so, it just wasn't there. He was oblivious and they, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I just, so many of the games I watched for New England, it was maddening watching Mac Jones, like I just am surprised that Belichick didn't switch to Bailey Zappi in like week four. Okay. So, but whatever it is, what it is now, it's all water under the bridge, man. So, so here's, here's the quote. And, and this article um, says it's, yes, the Jets own offensive coordinator didn't fully understand how good arguably his best player was until late in the season. And his quote was, I don't think I was ready for Brees, and then parentheses, Brees Hall to be as productive as he was in the past game. It was like, what the fuck did you think he was going to be? A lump of fucking coal? Yeah. Yeah, that's shame on him, dude. Shame on him. Yeah, like how do you, how do you not know the talent you have on your team? Yeah, like, like yeah. if somebody's a surprise, like this article later – Later goes on to say, it was uh, when asked, blah, 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 blah. Uh, New York Jets fans know, know just blah, blah, blah. Anyone who watched Hall at Iowa State and with the Jets as a rookie before, bore witness to one of the most talented running backs in the country. His talent, <laughs> his talent wasn't exactly a well-kept secret. Yeah, well, Hackett needs to keep well, his mouth unless, shut. Unless you're Nathaniel Hackett, that is. <laughs> He's not doing himself any favors when he opens no. his mouth. <sighs> no, not, not 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 one single favor. But it's like it's like everybody knew how fucking good Brees Hall was and yeah. that he could catch the ball. Like like he had a phenomenal year last year. And then what did yep. you expect? He was that was just like, oh a, a fluke? Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, I think the impressive part was how well he came back from the knee injury, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that yeah, was a really exactly. quick recovery, and then 
for him to be as effective as he was this year, you know, I would have expected some kind of decline at least mm-hmm. for a year while he kind of like adjusted to his body getting fully back again. But no, man, he fucking, he kicks ass, man. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck Nathaniel Hackett was watching when it yeah. came to, to Brees Hall. Like, did you not see how good he was last year or did you have your head up your ass? I probably had his head up his ass, but do oh, you want to yeah. go and do you want to go NFC or do you want to go down? Let's the do, AFC? let's do all the AFCs and then we'll, we'll right. do the NFCs. So then we'll go to the AFC North. Yes. I did not get a single pick right. No, not a single pick. I didn't get a single record right. I was close on a couple of them, but way off. I had Cincinnati at 14 and 3. Granted, they started off slow and then Burrow's injury kind of derailed them. Then I had Baltimore at 10 and 7. Like nobody nobody really expected Baltimore to win 13 games this year and be as fucking good as they are. So I can't really um complain much about that. Yeah. Then I had Cleveland and Pittsburgh both at nine and eight. Um with Cleveland and Pittsburgh, like well with Pittsburgh in particular, um I couldn't I knew that they would find a way to be above five hundred. And I was close. <laughs> like looking at the team in the offseason, I think you had them with five wins, if I remember correctly. And um not you're you're saying Cleveland or Pittsburgh? Sorry, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. No, I had uh, Pittsburgh at eleven in my super early, and then I actually bumped I bumped them to twelve in my preseason. Oh, you had them oh. at five and twelve in your super early. Oh, okay. Is that what it was? I knew I yeah. remember something like that. Yeah. So like Pittsburgh, I couldn't. Yeah, we yeah we low, thought they were stepping back. back. Yeah, we thought they were, we both. I thought they were stepping back. You obviously didn't. You had them at like fifteen wins. Like. <laughs> so but yeah. but I couldn't pick them to be sub 500. I didn't I didn't at all have them close to the well I had them close, but actually no, I didn't have them close to the playoffs. Because <clears throat> yeah, I I had this division all all messed up too. Yeah. But, um I mean a lot of this division came down to Baltimore surprising and Cincinnati taking Burrow a step back, hurt. especially with the Burrow injury. Yeah. I wonder yeah, so, if I, if I can ahead. get my super early. Yeah, so I got your super early. I uh, I had Cleveland right on. Yeah, you did. You had it at 11 and 6 in your super early, yeah. Yeah, so That's for me, surprise. James, I had uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore tied at 13 and 4 with Cincinnati getting the tiebreaker on Baltimore. And so I, I got that wrong, obviously, but it was nice that Baltimore did, did finish 13 and four. At least I got that right. I had Pittsburgh at 12 and five, which was uh, a little steep, but they, they did find a way to get to 10 wins, which I was happy about. And then I had Cleveland at 10 and seven. And so that was, that was pretty close too. Uh, but the big difference is that I had three teams in this division 
making the playoffs. I thought this was the powerhouse division. And, yeah, the Burrow injury set but that back. But the team still did make the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I, had, I had, obviously, the wrong three. Uh, yeah. But it's uh, the Burrow injury was a factor with where I was off. And uh, the Kenny Pickett thing was a factor with where I was off. You know, it's nice that Pittsburgh still got to 10 wins. But mm-hmm. Pickett really did them no favors, man. Yeah. Like zero. I agree. I think I think the pick and picket Pickens combination is going to be good if, if Pickett can mature a little bit. Is going to be something dynamic in the league go in a couple of years, but or in a year or two. But I think Pickett needs to mature a little bit and and yeah. hone his craft. Yeah, Pickett. He looked amazing in the preseason, right? And there was a ton of hype for Pittsburgh. And then week one came around, and it was a totally different kind of passer. He was dinking and dunking. He wasn't dropping shit deep at all. And Mm -hmm. he was, like, just freaking frazzled in the pocket. Um, I do kind of worry what his ceiling is now, to be honest. Yeah, I do too. So... Uh, but all right, that's that's good with me, man. You know, you want to go to the AFC South now? Yeah, um, I had this as the worst division in all of football. I was close. It was I had the right geographic location. Um, I'm trying to do the math. I had the right geographic area that it covered, <laughs> but the wrong conference. So. I didn't have a team over 500 in the in this division. Um, I had Jacksonville winning it at eight and nine. Eh, I was only a game off. I had Tennessee at six and eleven. I got that one right on. I didn't get that Tennessee would be last in the division right on <laughs> because I had Houston at five and twelve and Indianapolis at three and fourteen. For Houston and Indianapolis, Houston, I thought would take they would take a step forward. I didn't think they would take as much of a step forward as they did. Yeah. I, and I, this is five and twelve is often of me being super super fucking pumped about their draft and what D'Amico Ryan's has been doing is doing there. Um, and I'm sorry, no, this is me coming down from that high because my super early I had them winning seven games, and that was I think our super early was like right after the draft. Yeah, and I had them winning seven games, and I had um, Indy right around the same. And I had Jacksonville at nine and eight, which if I would have stayed with that, I would have been fine there. Um, the South, like Jacksonville, was a little bit of a surprise. The Lawrence injury, um, Jacksonville not winning the division that is, was yeah. a little bit of a surprise. The Lawrence injury kind of derailed them a little bit. They didn't look like the same team. Houston took took a, a, a huge step forward. They it looks like with um, CJ Stroud they knocked the fucking ball out of the park. Like oh it, fuck yeah. Um, and I wasn't sure. And everything going into the draft, I remember talking about it was whether or not Houston was going to take him. Yep. Yeah, there was the drama about his agent. And, yeah. You know. Yeah, and and honestly, some of that turned me off with Stroud because I was like, wait a minute, what the hell is all this drama yeah. about? Uh, exactly. Anytime I, anytime you get player drama like that, I just like, 
I start to disregard the guy because I'm like, no, you know, you got to earn it first before all this bullshit comes into play. But that's all it turned out to be was just a bunch of bullshit. He's freaking phenomenal, man. Yeah, and then Indy, like, I did... My prediction was with Richardson not playing the year, I didn't think Minshew could do that much as, or as much as he did. Because when yeah, I did you my... Thought, you thought Richardson was going to ride the pine for a bit? Yeah, exactly. I didn't... And he so, did, but I mean, for injury. <laughs> he did for injury, but and they did better with Minshew than I thought they would. Oh, yeah. Dude, my, my AFC South had to be the ugliest of my predictions. And so uh, I had Jacksonville winning it at nine and eight. They obviously you got the record, not. right? But you got the uh, record right. Well, that, yeah, that's comforting that I got the record right. But um, I think the one thing overlooked with Jacksonville is that their offensive line was really, really shitty this year. And part mm-hmm. of it was that they uh, they let their right tackle go in free agency last year. And then their left tackle, I think he had a suspension and then an injury this year. Yeah. And they had a third one of those starters get hurt this year. Uh, I forget who it was, an interior guy. And so, like, that's one of those things that flies under the radar when you have an offensive line have issues like that. Yeah. And they did not have anywhere near the depth to recover from it. Uh, their defense, I know their coordinator got fired, uh, but I would put a lot of their problems on that offensive line, to be honest. And, you know, yeah, Lawrence getting hurt, that set him back too, for sure. But part of the reason he was getting hurt is because all the pressure he was facing. And so, um, but yeah, so then I had Tennessee at nine and eight. I just thought that Vrabel would find a way, as he always does. And it finally, you know, caught up with him. You know, they, they've just deprived him of ha- having any talent on that yeah. roster other than Derrick Henry. And so it just, you know, ah, it just, it makes me so upset. Uh, and then I had Houston at four and 13. So they finished the year before at three, 13 and one, but we kind of thought like, what was it? That last game was sort of like an unexpected win or whatever. And, and so I thought I was kind of like, okay, I'm bumping them up a couple games, uh, but trying to, you know, trying to manage expectations with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback, right? And they mm-hmm. just fucking blew the doors off of it. I'm super pumped for Houston. So uh, I don't and then, remember the last game for last win for Houston being. Oh, I'm thinking the year surprise. before, right? Yeah. Was it, was it Lovey Smith the year before? Remember, he won the last one to knock him out of getting the number one pick or whatever. No, that was last year. I just don't remember it being a surprise. Well, I think the surprise was they only had two wins, right? And so they thought, well, hey, you might as well tank it and get the number one pick. Lovey Smith getting fired anyhow. And then he ended up winning it to give him the F.U., on the way out, right? So. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Was the the whole F U yeah. on the way out. Yeah. The previous, the definitely the previous year, the last one wasn't a surprise. Like that was uh, okay. That was the Cully era. See, I don't know why yes. I thought Cully was. I, I mixed him up when who was first, but 
Yeah, last year it was was um, Lovey Smith. The year before it was Cully. Okay. So, yeah, because they, they lost their last two games with Cully. They beat the Chargers and then lost and lost. Gotcha. Uh, all right, so, yeah, then lastly, I had the Colts at 1-16, and, and they, like, very clearly blew my model out of the water. Um, and just to look at it, they had the worst – no, I'm sorry. They had the second worst uh, rating, team rating in my model. The only other team that was worse was Arizona. And Arizona, in my opinion, had a little softer of a schedule. And so uh, Indy had the worst record uh, in this division for me. But um, I got a lot of respect for that young head coach, man. And I'm excited to see what Richardson does when he's healthy because – he had mm-hmm. some of that electric uh, type ability. And so uh, they're going to be a team to watch out for uh, in a major way next year. All right. So moving on to the playoff picks, because I don't want to talk about the rest of the divisions. Those are just shit shows for me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, next up, we're on the AFC West. Now, I really fucked this division up. Um, really, really fucked this division up. Um, bad. I mean, I had the Chargers winning it at 13-4. and four. I, I, I don't know what the fuck I was smoking. Because we always think the Chargers are going to light it up. They've got so much mm-hmm. talent, and they always fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then I had, I had actually had them tied with the Chiefs both at 13-4. and four. Then I had Vegas at 12-5. and five. And Denver at three and fourteen. I I came close with the Chiefs. Um, outside of that, I, yeah. And I I know you you had some you know you were feeling good about the Raiders and I just you know I kind of told you my opinion was fuck Josh McDaniels I couldn't get behind what him. What I felt good about the Raiders and what I thought they were gonna do was I thought. And I, I talked about this. I thought Aiden O'Connell was going to get become the starter sooner. Oh, yeah. I remember you saying that. Which, That's right. Yeah. Which would have given him a little bit more time to 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 um, kind of settle into the role. Because I had them – I had them losing – I had all their losses – in like the first half of the season. Okay. Yeah, and they did finish the year before at six and eleven. So mm-hmm. you know, you would have thought there would have been some progression, right? I mean, yeah, going then, six to twelve is a big bump, but you know, it's all right. You know, you liked them. And then Denver, like the the three and fourteen, I downgraded them from five and twelve for my super early. Yeah. And, man, they looked like they were going to do that, right? The way yeah. they started, it was like, oh, my God, man. <laughs> exactly. They looked like they were going to do that at the beginning, and then it just, like, it clicked. And Yeah, they had kind them. of like a mid-season rally, and it mm-hmm. fell apart at the end again, right? But Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, I got nothing right, right in this division. I didn't realize how anemic um, – 
the Chiefs were going to look. Oh, I know, man. I know. But with the Chiefs record, the thing I did get right, and I in in this thirteen and four, one of those losses was to the Lions. I will say nice. that. Nice, you got that right. I I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Cause I I picked the Chiefs, and I was like, damn it, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah for like me, in this in my prediction, it was it was my prediction that I went game by game, and I had the Lions winning that game. But hey, I'll yeah, I'll let you go. Nice I'm sorry. Man. No, no, you're good, man. I was just taking off my my little uh, coat thing or whatever the hell you call it. But um, yeah, this one, man, I was way off on Kansas city, obviously them having been 14 and three, the previous season winning the super bowl. I thought, Oh my God, man, you just cannot stop this combination with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I had them going 16 and one thinking it would only get better for them. Uh, was I wrong? The story of the season for them was these first and second year wideouts dropping the most passes in the league, having the most penalties, like by far for a wide receiver group in the league, uh, just struggled, man. And it, it drug them down big time. I think later on in the year, you started to see some cracks in the offensive line, but you know, I don't even know why that was, to be honest, because I don't remember them having major injuries. It was yeah, almost I like don't... maybe the team was just start starting to give in a little bit. So um, so I kind of was off on them, you know, um, and then I had the Chargers at 10 and 7. You know, obviously I was off on them. You know, uh, I'm glad Staley got fired because there's just too much talent on that team to not be a double digit winner. And so. Maybe mm -hmm. the next guy will get it right, man. Uh, then at third, I had Denver at seven and ten, and lastly, I had the Raiders at seven and ten. And so I was kind of close on those guys. They both won eight. Um, you know, I think like with the Raiders, I was not expecting Josh Jacobs to repeat the two thousand yard rushing deal, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but in fact, I want to pull his stats on this year because did he play this year? <laughs> it's a very good question, isn't it? Um, he did he have 600 yards? He did in fact play. And I, I remember it was like a really slow start for him. He ended up picking up a couple hundred yard oh, games towards the end of the year. He had 800 yards rushing. Yeah. yeah. But that, that to me, was a big part of the storyline, right? Was that, um, should I just knocked out one of my, uh, you know, was that um, they did not utilize him the same way they did the year before. And, and that affected them. And I, I think even if they did utilize him the way before, uh, he would have come down, but he should have still been a, a thousand plus yard runner. So um, that to me, there was some coaching. You know, the quarterback thing was obviously an issue. Devontae Adams was upset midseason. You know, just, just a lot of things went wrong. Antonio Pierce came in, fired up that defense. I think mm -hmm. I saw a, uh, something about they had one of the top scoring defenses uh, from the time he took over to the end of the season. And so he dialed it in on that side of the ball which we yeah. knew they had talent on defense, a lot of journeyman kind of guy, you know, guys, but, you know, they got Max Crosby, obviously, but, um, 
but yeah, you know, I had no faith in McDaniels and I'm, you know, I'm glad he got fired just cause I think he's a douchebag, whatever. But, um, you know, maybe he'll reunite with Belichick. They'll go and, you know, swoop into Kansas city or not Kansas city, <laughs> Los Angeles, yeah, Kansas city. Oh my God. That'd be crazy. They'll swoop into the Los Angeles chargers and make Herbert the next Tom Brady and fucking who knows. So, uh, I would love it if they both went to Buffalo, dude. It just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's too much of a tangent. Uh, all right, on to the NFC. We're back. All right, so on to the NFC. The NFC East, I had some right on and some, not like right on, but I had some close and then couple teams that I was a little bit off on. I had Philadelphia at 14 and 3. It looked like it was going to happen and then they lost what four of their last five yeah, or some shit like that. Out. Yeah. Um I think it was four or five like after that cuz they lost to Dallas, Seattle, beat the Giants, lost to Arizona and then lost to the Giants. They just kind of the bottom fell out on them and they ended up going 12 and 6. They were right on my projections before that. So, hey. Then I had Dallas at 12 and 5. Had the record right, didn't have them winning the division. <clears throat> Just with Dallas, I, I kind of had them at I had them at 12 and 5 because I thought their schedule was a little bit easier this year. Um Giants I had at 10 and 7. Um way the fuck off. I, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid. I liked what I saw Dave all was doing there and thought yeah. it would continue. I didn't know that fucking Daniel Jones would turn back into a pumpkin that quickly um, as week one when they got smoked by like 72 points to Dallas. Um, and then I had Washington at 3-14. and 14. So I, I was kind of right there. Um, yeah. Like the different – the one – I don't know. I haven't looked at, at Washington to see where, where like – the one game difference was, but I think they had like a surprise win towards the end of the season. Yeah, pretty close. I mean, you were, you know, what they finished four wins. You had three, yeah. you know, right there. Um, yeah, it's, I just, I didn't like what I saw. Like I liked what I saw coming in Washington. I thought Howell was better than he turned out to be, but I don't, I don't, I just, I've been out on Rivera as a coach for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I feel bad, you know, I, I hope the enemy finds a way to, you know, yeah. get, get a chance somewhere because I thought he was actually doing well with the offense, especially mm -hmm. as the year went on, you know, I mean, there was a point in time where Howell was leading the league in passing yards, mm -hmm. you know, imagine what the enemy could do if he had like a, a higher, yeah, like a higher pedigree quarterback, you know. I mean, I think he could be the real deal as a play caller. But, um, yeah, so <clears throat> uh, for me, James, I had Philly at 14-3 and three also off there, obviously. I think the big story for them is that the coordinator changes on offense and defense really ended up being a factor. And mm -hmm. I know, uh, like, offensively you say, okay, well – uh, what's his face is calling the plays anyhow, or should be, or whatever. Uh, so it shouldn't have been that big of a drop off on offense. 
On defense, it was very clearly a factor because they kept fucking changing who their defensive coordinator was later on in the season. And so um, I didn't think it'd be that big of a drop-off. I thought there was enough talent there that they could have found some consistency. Mm -hmm. I I was, you know, three games off on them. Uh, Dallas I had at 12-5, and so that was nice. Then I had the Giants at at 7-10 and and Washington at 5-12. and And so for both those guys, I was within a game. Uh, I didn't have the same kind of faith in the Giants, you mm-hmm. know, with them the year before being nine, seven and one. I thought they were ahead of schedule and they could have some kind of like reversion to the mean, um, you know, and then some of it ultimately boiled down to the model. You know, I just couldn't find a way to juice up their ratings to yeah. get them, you know, to nine or 10 wins. And so. Uh, I, I defaulted to the model. Washington is a team that before last year I was higher on and they burned me bad. And then going into last year with Sam Howell, uh, I just was like, man, I, you know, until I see it, I just can't believe it. Right. And so, uh, and same thing, like you talked about Rivera, you know, I like him as a person, uh, you know, and I think he, I think he knows the game incredibly well. I just don't think he's really that great of a head coach. And so uh-huh. uh, that's, you know, I, I think honestly he's probably done as a head coach now having probably. it not worked out in Carolina and now not worked out in Washington and that's okay. And I, I don't know that he's the kind of guy that'll like go back to being a coordinator, but time will tell. Right. So. Yeah. Sometimes you get desperate for money or you just love the game that much that you want to be involved in it. And you take yeah. like I didn't think Jack Del Rio would go back to being a coordinator, and he did for. You know a while. that's true, right? Yeah, I, I guess I guess I didn't think about that with him. You know, with Rivera, I think that um, because of the way he was sort of like the voice of reason with Snyder's departure and some mm-hmm. of the allegations with the team, you know, and then him also being a uh, uh, what is he like a Native American descent or whatever. I could see him I thought being, he was Hispanic. Or, or, okay, maybe that's what it is. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know where I'm at with that. But uh, where I'm going with it is that I think that he can always have a place in the NFL to be a positive voice for different kinds of initiatives that the league needs to have. And so whether he's a coach or not, I think Rivera is one of those kind of like upstanding uh, NFL representatives, if you will. Yeah. So he's, he's Puerto Rican. Thank you. I don't know why I was thinking Native American. Oh, shame Puerto on me. It, well, it's the Washington Redskins, right? So I don't, yeah. so I don't so, know. Something, so his, something his dad was, his dad was Puerto Rican. Um, his mom was Mexican, was Mexican and Filipino. Okay. Yeah. See the Mexican thing I maybe would have been a little closer on, but, um, yeah, either way, that's, um, you know, I think that he could be a voice for the NFL with a mm-hmm. lot of those types of initiatives. So, yeah, I'll give uh, you that. Do you want to do the North or save the North for last? Let's save the North for last. Okay. On to the NFC South. That's another division where I was way the fuck off on. Wait, oh, God. I was way, way too fucking high on Atlanta. I had them at 13 and 4. 
yeah, shit, I don't even remember you being that high on Atlanta, man. What the hell was going on there? I don't, I, I, I just, you I thought don't... Ritter was the real deal. No, I think. Oh, Bijan Robinson, Bijan Robinson, you know. and a lot of their, a lot of their schedule. Like their four losses, I had to Detroit, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Carolina. Like I thought they had a really easy schedule. I thought, like, I mean, they played Indy, they played. They played the division that I thought was the worst in the league, um, and they played the North, which I was down on every team yeah. in the in the um, NFC North besides the Lions, and they played in a division that I thought was was soft. Like, and the, all that combined for like me having more wins. I was really down. I'll get to it in a second. I was really high on um, New Orleans coming in this year too. I had New Orleans at ten seven. I guess I was only a game off with that, but I mean, I guess that one was only a game off, but it's just with New Orleans, like, I don't know what I was thinking with New Orleans because I'm, I don't think, didn't think Derek Carr was the answer when they, when they signed him and I don't like Dennis Allen as a coach. So I don't know what, I think it's, I think yeah, I mean, a you lot of that far off though. I think a lot of what I had with with the South was I was I was down like Carolina. I had Carolina at seven and ten. Um, and that's that's again that's a product of their schedule they had, um, and yeah. how down I was on Tampa Bay because I hate Baker Mayfield, and I had Tampa Bay at three and fourteen. Way the yeah. fuck off. So I mean I think that's why like it. Have being so down on Tampa Bay, and look and so down on a lot of the teams on the schedule for for um, the NFC South kind of boosted Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta up. And I really, I really like Bijan Robinson as as a player. I thought he was, I thought he was the absolute perfect draft draft pick for Atlanta. I thought they would be able to use him right. I thought Kyle Pitts was going to start to come into his yeah. come into his own. And I didn't necessarily think Ritter was the answer, but I thought Ritter was going to be better than he was. Yep. So it just kind of, all that threw me off. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, well, yeah. All right. So on my end here, I had the Saints at nine and eight. You know, that was nice to get that one right. I had Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. Next up, I had Atlanta at 8 and 9, and so I was a game off on them, but I had them second. At third, I had Tampa Bay at 6 and 11, so that's the one that I was the farthest off on, Mm -hmm. uh, at least at the top, you know, and then I had Carolina at 5 and 12, and looking at them, you know, it's kind of tough with Carolina, right, because they were 7 and 10 the year before. And going to a new coach and a rookie quarterback, you could have expected, you know, that they would come back a little bit. But to come all the way back to two wins was it was unexpected, in my opinion, especially knowing how good their defense was. Uh, But Bryce Young really, really freaking struggled, man. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got to have a big step up next year. Finally, finally, at the end of the season, you saw some promise with him. I will say that. Like he, it looked like, and unfortunately, it looked like 
a couple weeks after they fired Frank Reich, that he showed a little bit of promise here and there. Yeah. And he showed improvement. Like, there was a game, I think it was, like, week 15, where we're like, this is what we thought we they would be getting out of Bryce Young. Yeah. Like, 10 weeks earlier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, yeah. And then with new Orleans, I, uh, I just don't see it in Dennis Allen, man. You know, whether you like Derek Carr or not, I don't think Derek Carr is going to be the kind of guy that can put the team on his back, but Mm -hmm. I think in the right, in the right environment, he can be suitable as a starter. Um, I, I just, I think there's way too much talent on that team for them to only be nine and eight, which I think is a Dennis Allen problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that defensively it's going to get harder because they got a lot of guys getting older. We know that they've had salary cap issues, but they've always found a way to work around it. Uh, Atlanta, you know, I mean, Hey, it's going to be a whole new deal next year. I do worry in Atlanta that maybe Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, maybe he's not going to get there. And I don't know that it's his fault. I think that it's, He's, you know, a couple years in now without having any kind of consistency at quarterback that has stunted his development. And sometimes when a player doesn't, it's like when you don't feed that plant, it it can never grow. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I think that he's one, he's that poor little plant that's just not getting any sunlight, James. I just feel so bad for him. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then uh, Tampa Bay, you know, eight and nine the year before I had him at six and 11 because I wasn't sure about Baker. And you might remember, uh, my model for Tampa Bay was like the wild West. I had him mm-hmm. as low as six and 11 and I had him as high as fucking 12 wins. Uh, and I just couldn't figure out what to do. So I put him at the low of the model and I wanted to see Baker prove it. I thought he did pretty well. Uh, their offensive line looked night and day from the year before, but you know, it, this is another one of these ones where I love Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator. I just do not think mm-hmm. he is going to be that successful as a head coach. I, I hope he gets there. I really do. Um, but it's a very talented team, man. I don't know. I just, he's something about him just doesn't click right with me. So, yeah, no, I know. I, I hear you, but I was, I just, I don't believe in Baker. I don't believe in Baker and I don't believe in Baker. And that shows, <laughs> shows up yeah. in, in a lot of my picks or my pick this weekend too, which we'll get to. Sure. All right. Let's go All to right. the West. Uh, NFC West. All right. So I, had almost had the order right, almost. I had San Francisco at fifteen and two. Um, I was really high on San Francisco. I thought Purdy, you know, per, I didn't, I didn't predict as much of a slump. Like I figured there'd be like a little bit of, a little bit here and there, like a couple weeks where he struggled this season. I didn't think they would lose five games. Um, but I mean, they're really fucking good. I, I didn't think they'd lose to Baltimore. That was one of my, one of one of the games that Baltimore got on me was was that, and I, there were a couple other games where I didn't think they would lose, including the last game of the seat. Actually, I think I had them losing the last game of the season. Now that I think about it, Let's see, 
San Francisco. I had them losing to Philadelphia and to, yep, I did have them losing last game of the season because it was basically wrapped up. Because they they were I, they would have been fifteen and one going into the last game of the season and basically had it had it on Philadelphia or whatever. Um, Seattle I had them next at nine and eight. I was right on with their record. Nice. Um, I didn't see much of a drop off. I didn't see um, them moving forward. I think they I think. They got about what they could out of what they can out of this roster, and I don't think there's much there, which is why I think it's bullshit that they got they got rid of Carroll. Um, next, I had the Rams. The Rams I had at four and thirteen. This was because a lot of because I didn't trust I I didn't trust that Safford would stay healthy. We've talked about it for two years now. With Safford have healthy, the team is a different team. Yeah. And I don't think I didn't trust that Safford would stay healthy over what I saw the previous year, over what I've known in Detroit, where he, he'll go through a stretch of, of a couple of years in a row where he'll have injuries, then he'll have a couple of years healthy. And I didn't well, think that, he, it, Yeah, and that offensive line looked like garbage the year before. Exactly. And it didn't look like they were making any notable improvements, right? And so yeah. it, it so, just looked like it was going to spell certain doom for Stafford. Exactly. And then the team. I wasn't I was too down on, but I was really down on this year was was Arizona. I had Arizona going two and fifteen. Um so they got two more wins than than yeah, I expected. That's not that far off, man. It's it's not that far off, especially where the wins they got that I didn't expect. First win I got they got that I didn't expect was the the win over Dallas. And then I didn't expect them to beat um Philadelphia. Those are those right there are the two wins. If if it weren't for those two games, they I would have predicted in my way too early. I would have predicted every single game going into the season <laughs> correctly for for Arizona, which is is where I had had them at tw- at two and fifteen. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and it, it was hard to tell with Arizona, right? Because we didn't know what was going to go on with Kyler Murray. You know, he had that uh-huh. injury situation. People were saying he wasn't going to play until at least November. And then if the team was out of it, they might just not even play him at mm-hmm. all. And it was just like, who the heck knows, man. But yeah, you know, you and I were fairly close on our predictions here. Um, you did better, of course, with the Seahawks, but I had San Francisco also at 15 and two. Then I had Seattle at six and 11. The Rams also with you at four and 13 and in the Cardinals also with you at two and 15. And so um, Seattle was, you know, well, here, I guess I'll start with the 49ers um, just immensely talented. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the model freaking loves the 49ers and why shouldn't it, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, in a lot of ways, it's like Kansas city. It's hard you know, it's hard to like drop players ratings down, right? You know, like once they get to that level, unless you see some kind of noticeable decline, it's hard to like drive them down. And so, you know, 15 and two is hard to predict, uh, but it's also hard to find losses when the roster's that stacked. Uh Uh, Seattle for me, you know, that was a tough one because they finished nine and eight the year before. And I thought that was another one where they were like ahead of schedule. 
and Geno Smith did like exceptionally well. I expected some regression with Geno. He did regress, um, maybe not as much as I expected. Um, and then other parts of the team sort of like picked it up as the year went on. And so, uh, you know, that's for sure where I was off with those guys. I also, you know, I'll tell you this, man, even though I had them at six and 11, um, I was expecting to see more Zach Charbonnet than what we got mm-hmm. this year. I thought him and Kenneth Walker would have like really been carrying that offense and um, it didn't work out that way at all, man, but that's okay. You know, like there, there's always little twists and turns with these teams. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. NFC North time. <laughs> uh, let's do it. They didn't get there the way I thought they would get, get there, but I had the lions going 12 and five. Fuck yeah, man. Right on the money. Then I had uh, Minnesota going eight and nine. I was I was close there. I, I I'm sorry. No, then I had Chicago going nine and eight. I was okay. close there. Two games off. Um, I my original prediction for the NFC North was better, but it was two games the other way for Chicago. Because I had them my my way too early. I had Chicago at five and twelve, so I went two games one way, and I just the team that really fucked me up was Green Bay. I was only yeah. a game off on Minnesota. I had them at eight and nine, and I was really down on Green Bay coming into this year. Um, really down on them. I didn't think Jordan Love was a real quarterback. Uh, he's kind of <laughs> kind of dispelled that rumors he's not as good as some people are saying he could be but he's not as bad as i thought he was and i had green bay going one and 16 and green bay going one and 16 kind of kind of that's the one that threw off a a lot of my records oh for sure man yeah uh yeah and yeah so for me i had detroit at 10 and 7 it was nice that we both had detroit winning the north you know and Mm -hmm. you you obviously were all over it um i still have some hesitancy with their depth Mm -hmm. and especially with the talent on the defensive side of the ball but happy as hell that they won the north and they got that home playoff game um fuck yeah yeah uh then it it second i had chicago seven and ten and those guys uh, finished seven and ten, but at the bottom of the division. Uh, third, I had Minnesota six and eleven. Fourth, I had Green Bay at four and thirteen. And mm-hmm. so, I'm with you on Green Bay, where I wasn't sure what we were going to get with Jordan Love. They were eight and nine the year before. Looked like they were going to fall further down. Jordan mm-hmm. Love ended up being better than advertised. And I think LaFleur coached his ass off. The defense played pretty well. Uh, and Aaron Jones gave them a big boost in the second part of the season. Uh, all those things look good. You know, here's the thing. If you look at the first half of the season, Jordan Love was crazy, crazy streaky, right? And I think he got a little more consistency as the season went on. But yeah, what are we going to get out of him next year? I don't know. I think he'll be... Uh, maybe an average 
or somewhere around there kind of starter. I, I don't know I can put him like higher up than that until we see him get there just because the few years before coming off the bench behind Rodgers and then the rumors we heard about him in practice and preseasons and things like that, it was just so bad. And so it was a pleasant surprise this year. But, you know, maybe they sandbagged him a lot and teams just weren't expecting it. I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, and then Minnesota, you know, having finished 13-4 and four the year before, uh, I thought, you know, they had, what was it, 11 one-score wins or whatever. I mean, it was nuts. I thought for sure they were going to come back to earth, um, <clears throat> you know. And so I had them at 6-11. and 11. But the thing is, I think if Cousins stayed healthy, they would have crushed uh, my prediction here because, I mean, they ended up finishing 7-10. and 10. I had them at 6, but um, Cousins was freaking hot to start the year, and the mm-hmm. defense was a little shaky. The defense ended up tightening up big time, but Cousins tore the Achilles, and they were, like, in quarterback freaking purgatory all season because of it, right? So, yeah, you know, that's kind of the long and short of the North, my man. Sounds sounds good. Any last thoughts before we move on to our playoff predictor slash bet? I think we'd kind of do the same thing as well, go ahead. Any any last thoughts on the records? No. Right. So for our bet for the playoffs, I think we do the same thing as last year. Bottle whiskey, same thing. Yeah, and I'll I'll do this. I, you know, I think last year I offered that if I won the playoff, I'd, you know, I'd cut it in half or whatever, so that you're not out another hundred or whatever. And so, I would do uh, a similar kind of thing for that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll call and it the I'm mercy just... rule. But no, I mean, you know, you're looking for redemption, and so you know, I'm yeah. just putting and it I, out there. I I I I threw my model out the window, got rid of it. <laughs> My model yeah. sucks. That showed from the regular season. Anyways, so we have two factors in 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 the in our playoff predictor. We have a confidence interval, okay, and the prediction. So six, you rank it from one to six. The most confident you're in, you assign a six point confidence level to it. Least confident pick you have, you assign a one point one point confidence level to it and then this following week it's the lowest is three and then the following week it's whatever five and then just six for you get you get the super bowl right you get six points um the first game we have is cleveland browns at the houston texans when i model this out I I still I still did my model after I did my picks just to see what just just curious how how close my model was to what I'm seeing and my model had Cleveland winning this game 27 to 21. A couple of factors in this 27 game. 27 to 21. Oh okay no I I just wanted to know because I was just thinking about how it compared to my spread so that's that's good man yeah 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 and then so when you look at this game. CJ Stroud is the concerning factor is CJ Stroud plays better against zone 
than he does against man coverage. And Cleveland runs out of like the tenth highest um, man at the tenth highest rate in the league at forty seven percent of the time. And they they're really good at it too. Um, I just with this with this factor when I looked at the game, where I don't trust it, where I don't trust Cleveland is I don't trust Flacco. Okay. I, I Flacco's been outplaying what he has been for like himself. He's been outplaying himself and looking like he back when he won the Super Bowl. Which I'm not saying. I think if Flacco continues that, I think Cleveland has a shot at winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's sustainable. Think, I just don't think it's sustainable. I think Flacco is inevitably going to regress. And uh, from my notes say that this is the first playoff matchup since the merger featuring a team that committed the league's most turnovers against the team that committed the league's fewest turnovers. Oh, interesting. Cleveland turned the ball over a league high 37 times this season. Gotcha. Houston turned the ball over a league low 14 times this season. Well, I mean that, and that makes sense because, like, what was it like six weeks before, seven weeks before Stroud threw threw an interception? Yeah, he was uh, super efficient, man. Yeah, like just so, so rare for a rookie quarterback. Holy cow! So they played in um, earlier in the season. I I didn't note the week. Yeah, um, with uh. Case Keenum and Davis Mills splitting time at quarterback while Stroud was out. Yeah, Stroud was out for a concussion. And Cleveland won 36-22. I think with Stroud in there, the team was is obviously different with Stroud in there. Stroud's, oh, yeah. Stroud's a far better quarterback than Keenum or Davis Mills. Even though I like Davis Mills, but I don't like I, – I think Stroud is way, a thousand times better than, than Stroud. Um and I think that's the turn, also the other turning point in this game. Because I, if I remember correctly, when they played, um, it was with Watson at quarterback. If I remember correctly. Oh, man. I don't know why I thought Flacco was already in for that, but maybe not. Uh, you're right. It was Flacco. Okay. okay. I guess it was later in the year than I thought it was. Because it, I thought I thought it was like I thought it was. Dude, I think Cleveland's I thought, a better team with Flacco than with Watson. <laughs> I'm just saying it. <laughs> I think uh, Cleveland's a better team with Flacco than with Watson. Yes, I think. Too bad that contract's guaranteed. <laughs> I think Watson <laughs> is more of a threat than Flacco, and you have to defend more for Wat against Watson than you do Flacco, which kind of yeah. But what do you? But don't you think that if they had a healthy Nick Chubb, I don't know, dude. I just I think that Flacco being a more traditional quarterback with Nick Chubb healthy makes it a very, um, I don't know, like to me that it, it makes it right on offense. 
I think yeah. with Watson, I know Chubb got hurt very, very early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just Watson, number one, doesn't look like the Houston Texans Watson, you know, the that was like looking phenomenal. And then, you know, with him and Chubb, there was a lot of concern about, well, what's Chubb's role going to be with Watson at quarterback because they're moving to a shotgun offense. And, you know, I don't know. I just um, I know I'm kind of going on a tangent there, but, you know, I just I like what Flacco's done and I think he fits really well with that team. Yeah, interesting, interest, another interesting stat, because in the playoffs, I like to go into the officials, and the officials mean something. Look at the fucking Lions-Dallas game. I'm just going to say something, say that. Yeah. The officials mean something. These yeah. two teams were flagged the most this year, where the Browns had, were flagged 138 times, or not the most, the second most, and the Texans were flagged <laughs> 132 times the fifth most. Um, Brown's opponents were flagged the most in the league at 133 times. Okay. The regular, the crew for the referee Clay Martin and his regular season crew threw the fourth fewest flags in the game or in the season at 12.4 per game. Gotcha. So, so don't look for a lot of penalties like a normal Cleveland or a normal Houston game. Well, that's good because we want to see some some good playoff football, not a bunch of fucking yellow flag bullshit football. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, so you're taking Cleveland. Well, oh, sorry, I didn't I didn't actually go go to my pick. I'm gonna actually I actually am going with Houston. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me let me change this here. Keeping your confidence the same? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, you and I, I would say on the confidence part, we're the same, right? We had it as one of our lower confidence uh-huh. numbers. So you had it at a two, I had it at a two. Um, I'm taking Cleveland here, and, you know, part of it is when I look at this, uh, it's it's a tough game to pick because I like both these teams a lot, but ultimately uh, Cleveland's defense is the top defense in the league this year. You know Baltimore is looking pretty goddamn close to be honest, but especially early in the year Cleveland was like on a totally different level on defense. And when it comes playoff time, you know it's the old saying: defense wins championships. I just I trust that, and, um, you know, I think Flacco is wanting a piece of Baltimore in the playoffs. I think he's got a ton of motivation, not to say that Houston doesn't, but um, I just like I just like Cleveland a little bit more, and you, you said you had it at 27-21, right, so a six-point yeah. spread? Okay, so, um, yeah, my model – actually has it as a six point spread, but, um, you know, it's tricky, right? Because Houston's been outperforming my model all year. And so I could see it being a little bit tighter than that. Either way though, I'm going to pick the Browns, man. All right. Then we have the fucking Peahawk game, the Miami (laughs) Dolphins at the Kansas city chiefs. 
everything and their mother says Tua Tagovailoa can't play in cold weather. He's played four games in cold weather, lost all four of them. Um, problem is, and they played earlier in the season, and the Chiefs kind of held Tyreek Hill in check with only 62 yards. Um, the problem with the with the yeah, Chiefs, Kansas City won that game, right? Yeah, Kansas City won that game. The problem with the Chiefs is since week nine, they have looked worse and worse and worse, and they don't have anybody anybody who who appears could catch the ball if it was placed in their hands. Mm. Didn't they just get Miko Hardman back? Did they? Not that, not that he's some stud, right? But he was a part of their Super Bowl run as like one of those veterans that was kind of like getting a piece here and there. Did they get Hardman back? <sighs> Let me look. I thought he... Um... Yeah, I thought he he just got healthy recently. One day ago, back. Matt Nagy on possible increased role for Miko Hardman. So, I mean, I, I I don't know that that's, you know, I don't know how much that moves the needle, but I think it does move it a little bit when you think about how they were in the playoffs last year, right? Yeah, so... The only person on the Chiefs that can really catch the ball is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Interesting aspect of this of the Chiefs this year. Well, and Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> Interesting aspect of the Chiefs this year is they have been called for offensive holding more than any other team in the league. Thirty-three times this year. Wow, I would not have expected that, but okay. I mean, I guess and, Mahomes has probably been having to hold onto the ball like way more than normal, right? The problem is, is most of Miami's pass rushers are hurt, so it might not be as. But Brad Rogers, the the um, referee, threw the second most flags for offensive holding the entire season at forty eight. Gotcha. My model has Kansas City beating the shit out of Miami. 34 to 19, which is why this got my my one point confidence level, and I'm picking Miami to win. All right, yeah. So you're bucking the model. Yeah, you're you're just going all against the model tonight. I I know that that's the trend here, but um, all right, yeah. So for me, I'm taking Chiefs. You know, like you're saying, it's not the it's not the team we're used to seeing, especially rolling into the playoffs. And uh, as the season went on, we would have thought they would have gotten better. They really didn't. But with all that being said, I really do not like the way that Miami finished the year, giving up the number two seed. You know, to me, they shit the bed, and that leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. Uh, I think offensively, they've got a ton of firepower. Defensively, they leave a lot to be desired. They had Bradley Chubb go down a few weeks ago. Uh, I think they had another guy go down last week in that Buffalo game. Um, And, you know, 
I think maybe next year their defense gets a huge boost, right? Because mm-hmm. they're going to have a full year with Vic Fangio. They're going to have a full off season to like kind of tweak the personnel to fit his scheme. But this year it just didn't come along the way I thought it would. So they're kind of like a mostly offensive team. And the weather will be a factor in this game, unfortunately. You know, like you say, hey, you know, it's football. These guys can do this. But like you're pointing out, there are players that sometimes they just don't do well in colder weather games. And, um, you know, I think there's risk of that. I think Tyreek Hill wants a piece of the Chiefs bad. But, um, you know, it's hard to bet against Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, right? You know, in the playoffs. It 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 just seems like they're going to dial it in at home uh and so i'm taking the chiefs i gave it my lowest confidence factor because i do like miami a lot um but yeah ultimately i gotta go chiefs man all right so next we have the steelers at the bills um the bills this is a concerning game for me because mason rudolph has been real hot Pittsburgh's yeah. been real fucking hot. Pittsburgh at, excels at, at running inside runs. They don't really run outside. They they pound it down your throat. And Buffalo kind of sucks at defending inside runs, allowing on, on an inside run 4.6 yards per carry, which is surprising. Um. This is the first these are the two they're the two first playoff team or the first playoff teams because both of them fired let me start this over. Both of these <laughs> both teams fired their offensive coordinator midseason, becoming the first playoff teams to have an in-season coordinator change since the 2012 Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Um and Steelers, Steelers are looking for their first playoff win since 2016. I know, dude. Um, and I could go with the Steelers in this game. One thing I kind of jokingly said, I don't know if I said it to you or somebody else, when they uh, when the Steelers traded for Minka Fitzpatrick from Dolphins, I said the Dolphins will win a playoff game before the Steelers do. And so I could go with the Steelers because the Dolphins will have won before the Steelers. Do. Oh, geez. In all technicality. In yeah. all technicalities, they would have won before the Steelers did. You sneaky bastard. I'm but you're not, not going to go with it. I'm not going to go with the Steelers. <laughs> um, the Bills are 13-2 and two in home playoff games since 1970. I know. That's a long time. Yeah. But... They don't really lose at home. Buffalo, you're going to have... Oh, you yeah, think the Bills you think Mafia. You think you're getting snow there? I. <laughs> you think you're getting snow there? I I heard the weather yeah. forecast, and I want to say it was like... I'll look it up because it might have changed. I want to say that they were expected to get like 15, 20 inches this week. This week. Oh, I'm sure. I remember last year they had that one snowstorm. They had six feet, man. They were saying there was just as much snow as fucking Josh uh-huh. Allen's tall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. 
So, oh, no, no, no. It's supposed to be a high of 24 degrees with wind gusts near 50 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. So you need you need a guy like Josh Allen with that freaking rocket arm to uh-huh. be able to throw in that kind of wind. Although, the last time, okay, this would be some of the highest winds ever recorded in an NFL game. The 1982 AFC Championship game between the Bengals and the San Diego Chargers featured sub-zero temperatures and wind gusts past 50 miles an hour. The last time you had 50-plus mile-an-hour wind was when the Bills lost to the Patriots in December 21, 14-10. And they're, uh, they're also, on top of the 50-mile-an-hour wind, they're supposed to get seven inches of snow. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I guess the thing that makes me nervous about that, right, is that last year, Buffalo got shocked by Cincinnati in the snow. And we thought Buffalo was going to be the team to have the yeah. advantage in the snow. And so that gives me a little bit of pause, to be honest. It does. It does. It, it gives me... A lot of pause. My model has it as, as a 21 to 7 victory for Buffalo. And what it boils what I, I said this at the beginning, it boils down to Mason Rudolph. If Mason yeah. Rudolph plays like he has the last couple of weeks, yeah. Pittsburgh probably will win this game. Here's I don't think problem. he can keep it yeah. going. I don't think he can keep it going. I think he's gonna turn back into a pumpkin. And Buffalo's going to win the game. Yeah, and and here's my problem with that, James, is that you're saying up to 50-mile-an-hour wind, a big part of Mason Rudolph's game is those fucking teardrop bomb deep passes. Mm -hmm. You can't do that shit in 50-mile-an-hour wind, man. I know you can't, and that's that's why what I'm saying is he's going to look like he turned back into a pumpkin. Yeah, no, I, I got you. I got you. I, I guess I'm just supporting it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm supporting it in my negative tone. Um, I'm, I'm going with Buffalo. I'm giving it a four, so it's my third. It's right in the middle on confidence rating um, for the game for this weekend because I think there's there is, I think there's a chance Pittsburgh could win, but I think there's less of a chance Pittsburgh could win than. I guess three other games. Sure, I got you. Uh, I mean, well, I'm taking two of the th- three of the games that I'm going against my model. I think this is the only one I'm going with my model on this weekend. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. By the way, all of mine are with the model. Um, I was hoping I could buck one of them because I don't always like taking the favorites, but it just yeah. didn't work out this week. Uh, for me, I've got Buffalo, and I'm giving them a six confidence factor. Of course, you're now rattling my confidence as we talk about the snow factor, but I still think Buffalo gets it done. The one thing that is overlooked with Buffalo is that um, they had a really shaky first half of the year, and they dialed it in in the second half, especially when it mattered the most in the last couple games. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of that shakiness was Josh Allen just being a turnover machine, all right? But if you put that aside for a second and you look at the stats, they're fourth on offense, 
They're ninth on defense. And then offensively, they've got the number eight passing offense and the number seven rushing offense. I think they've come leaps and bounds in their rushing game with uh, uh, James Cook, uh, you know, taking some of that pressure off of Josh Allen. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, man, they're barely hanging in there. They're like 25th on offense, 21st on defense. They're winning games in really kind of strange fashion where they're being super tight with ball control and they're waiting for the other team to make a mistake. Yeah, you could argue Josh Allen is going to have the turnover in this game, but I also think that they're just so much more, um, you know, there's so much more firepower with Buffalo that it's just going to be hard for Pittsburgh to keep up in this game. And, and honestly, you know, whether you want to say that this is a factor or not, uh, I mean, we know TJ Watts out. That's definitely a factor. Mm-hmm. But Sean McDermott, I believe, is actually coaching for his job. Uh, nobody's, good point. nobody's really saying that, but they're expecting him to get to the fucking Super Bowl at some point here while Josh Allen's still got these prime years, or they're going to move on from him. And so I think he's desperate for a win and desperate to make a playoff run, or he could be a surprise firing next week if they lose. And so, yeah, I'm taking Buffalo, man. All right. Is, is this is this the game? Can we skip this game? Oh, no. <laughs> well, I don't not think we can, one. but, yeah, let's, uh, yeah. No. It's the next game I want to skip and not talk about. I just sure. don't want to talk about it. Just don't want to talk about it. Um, all right, so we have the Packers at the Cowboys. I don't know what the fuck is up with my model, but my model has the Packers winning this game 29 to 28. That's a bit freaky. Dak Prescott and Jordan Love, Jordan Love ranked one two in touchdown passes this season. Thirty six for Prescott, thirty two for Love. Yeah, fucking Jordan Love out of nowhere, that motherfucker. The Packers are five and zero at AT and T Stadium all time, including playoffs. Four and zero against the Cowboys, plus the Super Bowl win over the Steelers. That's I don't realize they've been there that long. Yeah. Wow, that threw that one threw me for a loop. <laughs> that one threw me. That's probably what my model's picking up on. I don't know what my model's picking. I don't know why my model has Green Bay winning this game. And I've been trying to figure it out. It's because they're boom or bust, man. Maybe your model says, yep, this is the boom. Maybe maybe your model's saying Detroit's got to knock out Stafford, and then they got to knock out the Packers, and then they can, you know, just smooth sailing from there. You know, maybe that's well, what the NFL they scripted. Play, they wouldn't even play the, na- the Packers next. 
<laughs> I guess it's true. All right. Thanks for pointing that out. They would play uh, Philadelphia or Tampa Bay. Okay. So then they would play the Packers the week after. <laughs> the Cowboys led the league by getting 43 first downs by penalty. Wow. Usually, like in, in the McCarthy era, it's the other way where the penalties have gone against them. So, and also Cowboys opponents have been flagged for 31 times for defensive pass interference, defensive holding, or illegal contact. That's 43. And, but the Packers have been flagged the seventh fewest times for pass-related defensive fouls at 16. Okay. Or coverage falls. I don't like Dak Prescott. I don't like Jordan Love. I mean, dude, Dallas has been one of the toughest teams to play when they're at home. Except for as of late. Well, I mean, what? Except for the the Detroit game. Yeah, but okay, so one game all year. Yeah, and the Cowboys are 8-0 at AT AT&T Stadium. Uh, you mean yeah? They're seven and one, but yeah, I know what you mean. Seven and one. Yeah, because they lost that game. Yeah. <laughs> We're keeping the real record, Jeeves. Okay, so I want the Lions to go in there and beat them down next week. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna overwrite my model. Actually, actually, my confidence is probably too high in this game based on a couple of things I said. I, I'm gonna actually switch this to a. Five, but I'm going to go with Dallas. Okay. No, so are you moving I'm not Philly going to. S- no, 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 no. But I'm going to. I'm going to go with a six. Okay. All right. All right. I got to switch back. Sorry. I. I looked at who I would be at five. Like I've tried to manipulate this and tried to figure out my confidence. I'm not confident in any of my picks this week. This is a boomer bus week for me. Like, like this yeah. will. This, I, my model is going the opposite of everything my gut is telling me. Well, I'm I'm always nervous in this wild card weekend since we've been doing the picks. You know, it's like last year somehow I I pulled it out, but uh, the first two years we did it, it's like basically it was over after the wild card weekend because I I screwed them up so bad. So. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It, it it definitely adding that confidence factor, it 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 changes it quite a bit, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so all right, I'm, yeah. So I'm with Dallas. Okay, you're with Dallas. At six. I'm taking Dallas. Uh, we've talked about it quite a bit. I think the the one thing that I can say that we didn't cover is that Green Bay is definitely finishing the season strong, so they're coming in with momentum, right? They've won Mm -hmm. six of their final eight games. But I still cannot get over the fact that Dallas is just a different kind of team when they play at home. And with Green Bay being such a boom or bust kind of team, uh, 
I think Dallas gets this, man. I really do. And I think I think this is another one where McCarthy needs this win, kind of like McDermott needs it in Buffalo. I think McCarthy needs this win in Dallas. I don't know that it's quite the same where he would be fired because Jerry Jones like made some comments and then like walked him back and whatever else this week. Uh, but you know, and just to go through the stats, the Cowboys are fifth on offense, fifth on defense. Dan Quinn is going to be a head coach next year. Mm-hmm. They need to they need to capitalize on him being there this year, and I think I think he is going to lock it down against Green Bay because he knows he's getting a head coach job and he needs to keep it looking good. And so uh, I'm taking Dallas, man, and and I'm giving it a uh, a four of my confidence interval. All right, so now we have. The Matthew Stafford return to Ford Field to play oh, the don't Lions. Don't stress out so playoffs. much, man. I um, see the stress all over you. Matthew Stafford has an average of 277.7 yards per game at Ford Field. That is the fourth highest in NFL history by any quarterback at a single stadium. And that's after playing for 12 seasons for the Lions. Okay. Um, these are two former number one picks that were basically traded for each other. Yeah. Um, the Lions, the key to the Lions victory is rushing the ball out of 11 personnel. One tight end, one back. The reason for that is because out of 11 personnel, according to... I didn't know who it was according to. The uh, where is it? Where where to go? Where to go? I didn't know it. I according to ESPN. Where the fuck is it? I just I just reread it and now I can't fucking find it. Okay, here it is. The Rams allowed four point nine yards per carry against eleven personnel. Good news, bad news situation for the Lions. You know how like it feels like every other every other call, every other time the quarterbacks hit, um, there's a roughing the passer flag. Throw? Yes. The Lions all season were called for roughing the plas- passer six times, which is the fo- tied for the fourth most in the league. But the referee. Craig Rolstad only threw four flags for roughing the passer during the season, which is tied for the sixth fewest. So that's it doesn't make sense on how that worked. This is according to ESPN. So okay. I'm trusting their numbers. My model has the Rams going into Detroit winning 29 to 27. I mean, if you take the Rams, you know I'm just going to punch you right in the dick the next time I see you. I can't pick against the Lions. (laughs) I mean, fuck, 
I jokingly picked them to the Super Bowl in our way too early predictions. And wait, no, because I didn't have the Rams making the last. I'll give this at my three confidence level, and I'm going to go with the Lions. Okay. And I was really concerned that this game was going to be put on Peacock. I was going to be so pissed off. I was going to come in bitching if this game was put put on Peacock. Oh, this yeah, we would have been lighting something on fire. Yeah. Um. All right. So I'm with you. I'm taking the Lions. Also three confidence. Uh, the thing that seems strange to me about this game, and maybe it's because I'm in the Detroit area, is that everyone I talk to. But the thing is, I even hear this on the radio and on the, and, you know, on TV. I see it. So many people are basically giving the Rams zero chance in this game, which to me sounds good and all, but I cannot put anything past them. Um, when you look at the NFL stats, Detroit is third on offense. The Rams are seventh. Okay, not that far off. On defense, mm-hmm. the Lions are 19th and the Rams are 20th. These teams are actually very, very tightly matched, despite what the lineups rosters might tell you for the player ratings, which would give Detroit a favorable boost. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rams have hung in there in games, especially in the second half of the season. They've really dialed it in. Um I do worry a lot about the Laporta injury. They're saying he's questionable for this game. I don't think he's going to play. And if he does, I think it's going to be sparingly. I don't know why they would even risk it with him because he needs to. I think if if Laporta plays, it will only be as a decoy. I could see that. And and even then, man, I just, why play with fire? You got like a freaking. Diamond in the rough at tight end. Don't ruin next year because you got crazy about this next game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then with the Lions, James, you know how I feel, man. For as good as they've been, I really worry about their depth. I, I also worry about the depth for the Rams. This is probably the weakest Rams roster we've seen in a very long time. Uh, but the Lions defense is my concern. Stafford, Nakua, Cup, Kyron Williams, you know, I just, I don't know, man. So many people are, are talking about the Lions. I just don't want to overlook the Rams. I I believe Ford Field's going to be electric. I think that can be a huge factor for us. I, I'm definitely taking the Lions. I and just it's, a prime time, it's a primetime game. Under with under Dan okay. Campbell, like the Lions are 5-1 and one on primetime games. Gotcha, yeah. I could just see it being really close. I will tell you this, just as sort of like a, a some like a sub sort of side note to this. Uh, I heard that uh, Stafford's wife uh, was bitching on her like podcast or whatever that she requested a uh, like a suite at Ford Field and the team denied her. Well. Are you fucking kidding me? We're not showing you any special privilege when you come back to play us in the playoffs. Uh-huh. Fuck you for even thinking you could ask that. So I don't know. I'm hoping we push their shit in. We win this game. It'll be, um, you know, for the Lions, it'll be sort of like sweet redemption for the Stafford trade, right? So Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and we need it. We need it. So, yeah, I'm taking Detroit, my man. 
right. Then we have the last game, the Monday night game, which is the Eagles at Tampa Bay. What this kind of boils down to is which team I trust more. <laughs> both teams, I, I, I'm way down on Baker Mayfield. Uh, both, both teams have kind of been limping into the playoffs. Baker Mayfield literally limping into the playoffs um, with an ankle injury. But also in week 18, Jalen Hurts hurt his finger on his a finger on his throwing hand, which is a concern. Baker Mayfield also has rib injuries. I just don't like Baker Mayfield. I don't like Tampa Bay. I don't like Todd Bowles as an off as a as a head coach. I think Philadelphia, Philadelphia, even though they've struggled, I don't like all these picks just stress you out, man. I don't like this game at all. I don't want to play Philadelphia. <laughs> I'd rather play Tampa Bay. My model has Tampa Bay winning 21 to 20, so I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay wins, but I'm going to go with Philadelphia and it leaves a uh, five confidence for for me. I I just don't like it, but it is what it is. But you're rolling with it. I'm rolling with it. Well, we're we're matched up on this one too. I'm taking Philly with a five and um I think experience matters, okay? Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, all these guys, they have the experience, and I think that that matters in the playoffs. Baker Mayfield does not have the experience. Todd Bowles, yeah, kind of, but not as a head coach. And um, I just, um, you know, when I look at it, it's like, all right, so um, – Man, this this one actually just kind of shocked me. I'll come back to it. But um, I think that Philly gets the benefit of playing the NFC South winner, right? We thought it was going to be Dallas, mm-hmm. and then Dallas ended up taking the division. Uh, with the way Philly has been sort of fizzling out down the stretch, I think that this is the most favorable matchup they can have if they're going to get right in the playoffs. With Tampa Bay... They're super streaky and unreliable on offense. I think Philly can capitalize on that. My concern here, James, and and this is a shock both ways. I'm just going to be honest. Philly, according to NFL.com, is the number eight offense, okay? They're 26 on defense. That goes to show you how much they've struggled with this defensive coordinator change. I didn't realize they were that low. But now flipping it over the other way, I am blown away that the Buccaneers' defense is ranked 23rd because that's Todd Bowles' bread and butter, Mm -hmm. highly talented defense. I would have thought they would have been a lot higher than that. And so, I don't know, man. I I get it. It's in Tampa. I still got to take Philly with the five confidence factor, my man. All right. And that's the last game of the weekend, unless you had additional – Thoughts on the games this weekend? Do you want to take it away with uh, question of the week? Yay, question of the week time. Oh, uh, we're like two plus hours deep in the show, so I'll just keep it keep it light here and nothing crazy, James. You know, we had eight head coach openings. There's seven of them now. I just wanted to get your opinion on which one is the most attractive and why. And while you're thinking about it, I'll give you mine. I think it's a no-brainer thing. I think most people are saying this, and I I just agree with it. 
To me, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. They have talent on almost every level on each side of the ball, but more importantly, they have Justin Herbert. When you can go into a situation where you have not just a franchise quarterback, but like a top five quarterback, you mm-hmm. know, that, that you can't get any better than that. And now I know some people are pointing out that they sort of have some salary cap issues they got to deal with, but who the fuck are we kidding, man? We live in this fake cap world where you can manipulate it freaking, you know, 10 ways to Sunday or whatever that you, you just can't, you can't worry about the cap. The franchise quarterback is where it's at. I think they're the obvious pick. If I was going to give an honorable mention, just because it's such an obvious pick, I would probably say Washington, which might be a little bit of a surprise. Uh, But I think Washington, because they have the number two overall pick in the draft, they can land that franchise quarterback. And they also have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. They've got a good running back, a good wide receiver, and they've got talent on defense. Honestly, I kind of like Washington is a place for a guy like Vrabel to go if he's thinking, hey, get me that quarterback, the young one. I could have a 10, 15-plus year career with this team. You know, get it right at the quarterback, and Vrabel could be like a match made in heaven there, man. So you made some good points with Washington for being honorable mention. I was going to – when you said it, I was going to argue with you, but I understand – where you're coming with on that. I agree with you 100% with the Chargers. Like, if you look at the last three years, if it weren't for coaching decisions, it was a pl- they were a playoff team. Aside from this year, this year is kind of an anomaly because Herbert got hurt. Herbert is a phenom. Herbert is, is obviously the franchise quarterback. You have a phenomenal franchise quarterback, top, like you said, top five. You have pieces on defense. Salary cap means jack shit in this league. I 100% agree with you. It's hands down an obvious choice, the Chargers. All right, so what do you think? Um, I mean, man, here, how about, how about this? Vrabel to the Chargers and bring Derrick Henry with you. Say goodbye to Austin Eckler because he didn't get it done this year anyhow, and he's complaining about his contract. Give Henry a two-year deal, really knowing that this next year is what it's all about, and just freaking, I don't know, dude. I just think, you know, if you give Vrabel a quarterback and the pieces on defense, he's going to be golden. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And Vrabel, how many years did we keep saying they gave him less and less talent in Tennessee, and he still was winning? And then the <laughs> next year, next year they took away more talent, and he'd still make the playoffs. And then yeah. the next year, so Vrabel, I, I can't imagine how phenomenal a team. But my concern with Vrabel is, is, is his bread and butter getting that team to over, getting that untalented people to overachieve. Or can he motivate the talented people the same way? Uh, I'm just saying it's a possible concern. I'm not saying that that it, it's. I it's think he would. Fact. I think he would be able to do it with the defense. Yeah, I do I, worry that maybe Keenan Allen is turning into a little bit of a bad seed. You know, and some of that's just pure speculation. But he's yeah. had these these strange injuries where, you know, he's just not playing, and it's like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, but I, but I think that 
I think that if that's the case, you bounce a guy like Keenan Allen, you trade mm-hmm. him, and you you just let a guy like Eckler walk, and you just say, hey, this is my fucking team now. You go out, you fill those couple pieces, and yeah. you let it run, man. True. All right. Well, that's that's all I had for question of the week. So, um, yeah, you know, I think that's the show, man. Do you have any closing thoughts for this evening? I think that I, I think I spewed all I wanted to spew. Yeah, we spit it all out there. Two uh, yeah. two hours, fifteen minutes, or something. But uh, yeah, hey, I thought it was a good show. I actually really enjoy this show every year. Um, and so, for anybody who's watching, we hope you liked it. If you did. Thumbs up, like, whatever platform you're on. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. We're losing subscribers. That's crazy. Uh, but, James, hey, man, it, it's been good, dude. I hope you have a good night, bud. I'll catch you later, man. All right. Sounds good. Have a good one. Gridiron Grinder. Hut, hut, hike.